The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Welcome into the first podcast of the day for the first time this season. Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Haley Sutton, Aisha Morrison, and Jess Navarez. We have all confirmed that we are not morning people, so uh, <laughs> please bear with us as we wake up. I'm coming in off of a DNP all week. I've had the flu all week, so my first day back in the building, but no better place I would like to spend. Oh, thank you, Jazzy. No better place I'd rather spend my first day back at work than with my girlies. Talking some Cowboys football. Ladies, it's been a minute since we really had a a chance to chat about this team. They obviously got a big win over uh, the Eagles on Saturday. A huge win for both the record, for the division race, for the morale boost. Uh, So a lot of positive things that we're going to dive into from that game. But obviously the team is on their way to take on the Tennessee Titans in what kind of feels like a pointless game. It kind of feels it's giving preseason vibes is what I wrote in my gut chat um my gut feeling for our website. Um not a ton at stake in this game. Uh, I'm going to read this from our website just to kind of set the tone for uh, how the Titans are kind of preparing for this one. Uh, so both the Titans and the Jaguars have a 7-8 and eight record. So if the Titans fall to 7-9 and nine and the Jaguars defeat the Texans this week to move an 8-8, eight and eight, the AFC South will still be de- determined in the regular season finale when the Titans and the Jaguars square off at TIAA Bank Field. If the Titans defeat the Jaguars, they'll then win the AFC South crown and head to the playoffs. If they lose, they're out. So essentially this game has no bearing on what they do in the playoffs. That's going to be determined in the following week. That being said, there's been my chair is sinking. I don't know if you guys. Can I know. See. I'm like, where are you going? <laughs> I did. I was looking at you like that. Um, okay. That being said, you know, I still think this is an important game for the Cowboys to really figure some things out. There's obviously some things uh, to address going into the final stretch of this regular season, but I want to talk about the good before we talk about where we need to improve. So, for starters. Dak Prescott mm. has been quietly taking punches to the chin for no reason. I, I mean, the the interceptions are getting out of hand, and he was the first to address that on Saturday, right? But he has been very good this year. I wrote down a couple of things, and then I'll open it up for you guys just to kind of give Dak his flowers. Uh, he's the eighth-best quarterback in the NFL currently. He finished Saturday 27 of 35, his first 300-yard game this season with 347 yards, three touchdowns. Now, he did have that pick six to set the tone at the beginning of the game that everybody was like, what? <laughs> what is going on here? Yeah, so that was that. But here is where I think Dak was the most impressive. Next-gen stats gave him a 91 passing score this week. He completed all 24 of his passes against zone coverage for 300 yards and three touchdowns. He's the only player to earn a perfect 99 versus the zone in a single game since 2018. And I just think at some point the Dak slander has got to stop. I think you're allowed to criticize because he's not been perfect. But at some point you have to stop saying that he's not a good quarterback. I'm talking to you, LaShawn McCoy. (laughs) And I just, I just want to chat about how impressive he's been in these oh, 10 games. I, I mean, 
How beneficial has he been to this Cowboys offense? I mean, we, we talked about it the other day, just how big third down has, has been. I mean, in this past game, you had three, three drives of over 70 yards. Um, you got to get third downs for that, right? And so despite being behind the chains in a lot of situations, like your quarterback is able to evade pressure and make big plays and timely plays. Also, one big part of it is that he's added his legs back into the mix. I mean, last game I would think it was like five carries for 41 yards, and that's more than enough to get defenses to respect what he can do. And personally, it just looks like he's putting it all together. We talked about it. I think he's in midseason form now. It's been eight weeks that he's got to be with this offense, and you start to see that everything is firing for him um, offensively. I think for me what – defines Dak Prescott as a player within this game specifically was right after that pick six he didn't have another incomplete pass until Sungate uh, when the sun was in Michael Gallup's eyes and that was less than two minutes left in the second quarter and so to me the resilience and the fight that he had after that point to say all right all right that was on me I'm gonna get it together you're not gonna see another one Absolutely incredible, and I think um, something that we've been talking about is the communication factor of things and getting him back in the swing and how that might have been disrupted a little bit. But I think now what you're seeing is the polished communication, the cadence is back within that offensive line. You're seeing a lot of pieces come together, and you're seeing a midseason form Dak Prescott, which is the perfect timing considering here in the next couple of weeks, you're going to be seeing December football Dak come playoff time, which is when it's at its best. So, yeah, Dak Slander needs to stop it. I am sick of it. I'm so sick of it. And I and I want to be clear, too, because I don't want us to come off as we're just being homers. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, yeah. like, I'm employed by the Cowboys, so that is one thing or another. You guys come in and we do this podcast for the Dallas Cowboys. So I want to be clear. He's not free from criticism. There are several things in his game that – need to be addressed specifically those interceptions because there's going to come a point where you're going to throw that pick six and you're not going to be able to bounce back you you may see a 49ers team that has a Nick Bosa that's going to get in your face and cause you some pressure and disrupt what you've been doing and so that is something that you can't afford to hand the team six points in back-to-back games Mm -hmm. you can't do that he's talked several times about you know he's trying to take accountability but he doesn't want to give up that aggressive nature and, and I like that, right? I want my quarterback to be aggressive. I think that's why, for me, the Cooper Rush versus Dak Prescott conversation was so silly because it's like you know exactly what you're going to get out of Cooper every week, and it's you've seen the numbers and the offensive efficiency that this team has had. I guess where I struggle with those interceptions is at what point do we make the adjustments necessary? I mean, what are you guys seeing that are making those interceptions happen so very often that, you know, it's becoming cause for concern? Or is it a cause for concern? Well, what's frustrating is that, you know, like we've talked about, you don't, like he doesn't want, Mike McCarthy's talked about, like you don't want him to use his aggressive, like you want him to keep firing. Well, lose his aggressiveness, you want him to keep firing. Um, the frustrating thing about a lot of his uh, interceptions as of late is that there's no aggressiveness involved. It's just the play call, and the, the play call is there. So with him, it's just staying out of his head and continuing to play well. I personally think that hopefully once he gets a game where there's no picks, that that will become habitual because <laughs> yeah. I, you know how you can get into the habit of doing something on accident. Like mm-hmm. it's mentally like, dang, like I don't want nobody on this team preparing for the fact that he might throw a pick because that's not healthy in any way, shape, or form. So I'm hoping that he just adjusted that. That play by Sweat was just, he a big human. Like, he put his arms up and he was already there. But 
um, like I was saying before, is that my, with the interceptions for me, it's like sometimes it is like early in the year, I felt like there were times where there was aggressiveness involved in communication. But lately, it's just been like, what is going on here? So finding the happy medium, I guess, is important moving forward. Yeah, and I think it goes back to that communication factor. And, and I think early on, that's exactly what it was. We broke it down. We mm-hmm. said, hey, you know, so-and-so didn't run the right route. Somebody was in the wrong spot. But I mean, it's obviously concerning, um, the interceptions. But what I think you're seeing now is the pieces falling together where they need to. And um, I'll give a lot of that credit back to the O-line as well for giving Dak that protection, that time, that space to make those plays without feeling like he has to rush them and be aggressive at the wrong times. Um, But to your point, too, going back to the play calling, I think it just it's going back to kind of being more situational Mm. and when Dak Haley's <laughs> struggling with her chair, I'm like so. You're still lost. you're still shrinking down. I'm like, girl, where are you going? Uh, I, I think it's a situational play calling thing. And, um, Sorry, Jess. It I is just tr- it's so I was early trying to right be now. subtle, but I, I'm glad y'all can't see that. You're you're looking at me right now because it is. It is just, uh, it's interesting what's going on right now with these chairs. Go ahead. Aisha's moving chairs. Like, what is going on in here? There we go. I'm, All right. I'm, I'm back to adult size I, now. Now I feel like you're taller than me, and I don't like this. Are you shrinking again? I don't know, man. All right. I don't know. Well, back to situational play calling. I think it just goes back to that. And I think it's just, uh, I, I don't want to call it Dak being too aggressive because I think when he's aggressive, it's when he's using his legs. It's when he is making that 53-yard bomb to T.Y. Hilton. I mean, I want to see those things. It's just, I really, it goes back to fixing that communication, which to me this week didn't look like it was an issue at all. So as long as you keep seeing improvement in that, I think I'll be happy with that. But yeah, I want to see one game, no interceptions from Dak. That would be that would be nice to Dak, shut uh, <laughs> toxic Twitter just down. Um, I do want to talk about T.Y. Hilton. I do want to talk about this receiving core as a whole and how they have improved, but I want to do that after the break because our first, last time I did this, Jazzy yelled at me because our first block <laughs> went too long. So pulling the curtain uh, back. I'm going to pivot a little bit here. Uh, something we really haven't talked about a lot is uh, the tight end production mm. and the run games. I think the run games, the run game. Um, We'll start with the tight ends. Obviously, with Jake Ferguson getting banged up, I don't think you realized how important of a piece he was to yeah. the offense until you didn't have him. Uh, Patrick Walker and I were were talking in the press box about Dalton Schultz being kind of the last of his type of tight end. You know, the guy who catches the ball and then immediately falls, right? There's mm-hmm. no yak when it comes to Dalton Schultz, which can sometimes be okay because sometimes you just need the catch and you need to go down because you don't want to risk fumbling it, dropping it, whatever it is. But I think what you get out of a Jake Ferguson and what you get out of a Peyton Hendershot is that yak ability. I mean, Peyton Hendershot, to me, acts like a wide receiver. He's out there running routes. He's fast. He's physical. And then you have Jake, who's very strong. He's very big. Apparently, he's got the sauce. You know, he's (laughs) duking people left and right. Uh, So... I'd like to see this week and going into that final week just a little bit more from the tight end perspective how Kellen can re-get them back involved because we spoke a couple of weeks ago just how important that the tight ends had become uh, to this offense. So, uh, Aisha, I'll start with you. How do you get these guys more involved to help the offense kind of pick up the slack the way the defense did at the beginning of the season? I think you missed them in the run game scheme uh, like we were just talking about. You missed them in some of those 12, 13 14, you know, uh, personnel packages where you can go bodies on bodies and really get up on people. There were some great blocks by the tight ends um, in this game. 
but moving forward, I think that it's important that they get back reintegrated into this offense. And like you said, like there were a couple opportunities in this game where they had opportunities over the middle and things like that. But moving forward, I'm that is key. I, it's key, and it has been key to what the Cowboys have done offensively with the lack of the receiver production. You don't want that to completely change just because CD CD can just kill people on the outside or sure. Ty has the ability to you know go over the top. You want to still be working that intermediate middle of the field stuff because that's going to continue to open up the rest of your offense. Yeah, I think just establishing again what the identity is of this offense and what it should continue to be right I mean uh, we were seeing so much productivity from Zeke and Tony that one-two punch both averaging at, at one point almost eight yards per carry and now the last couple of weeks I mean during the Eagles game Zeke was averaging 3.4 yards per carry um, Dak averaging more than Tony Pollard 6.8 yards per carry and then Tony Pollard 2.1 yards per carry even going back to the Jags game very similar situation yes. them not even averaging four yards per carry there and I think that's where your tight ends were missed. Mm-hmm. is is with the pass pro uh with the blocking with all of those things that just help everybody just be more aligned so I think uh going back to the run establishing that early really utilizing those two I know uh Tony Pollard dealing with that thigh injury this week so we probably most likely won't see him at his highest production if we do at all but um I, I just think it's going back to what works and not getting too cute. And I hate saying that phrase. I wish there was another phrase uh, to, to explain that. But you don't have to get too cute. And, you know, I, I'm glad Dak's being more mobile. I'm glad Dak feels more comfortable. Um, and the communication is established now that he can make those those long passes. And he has the T.Y. Hilton to be able to do those things now. But I also don't want to shy away from what works for this team. And that's when you have Zeke and Tony just hot wearing down those defenses, taking over the time of possession, and really just solidifying that that game is yours to take control of. I like that. I agree. I think that the tight ends, we took them for granted a little bit when we had them, especially when we had all four of them. I mean, even with Sean McEwen coming in and making an impact uh, from a blocking standpoint, I think that – they what'd you say he's so chippy oh yeah I, I like it you see him on film i don't know dude. what he's, i thought i heard i, I was like him. what no nah, my bad it wasn't supposed to come out but he's so chippy man like he's finishing plays he he wants to put his hands on people in the run game it's one of the best things yeah i think hopefully we get that back especially with jake having a little bit more time to you know work back from that concussion so hopefully we see the tight ends a little bit more involved but someone we have seen more involved in this team as of late guys cd lamb has really woken up in the last couple of weeks we're going to talk about just how good he has been for this dallas cowboys offense as well as one of the new faces making an early impact to say the least that is on the other side of this break on girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw the preferred dating partner of the dallas cowboys at jigsaw dating we obviously want the cowboys to bring that sixth ring home but to be honest we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. 
Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. a Wednesday edition of <laughs> Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to talk about these wide receivers. I got nothing creative today, but we're going to go over to Jess first while I try to be better. I just want to say, I was so passive. I now know it's Wednesday. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, let's talk about the eight CMs. This is How We Country. Country Music's Party of the Year is coming to the Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. The Academy of Country Music Awards are always bringing you country music's brightest stars together under one roof, and no one does country like Texas. Witness history on May 11th and get your tickets at SeatGeek.com. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. I don't care. (laughs) Sorry. Jazz was talking talking in my ear, and then it disoriented me. But um, (laughs) I don't think I've ever said yeehaw. Yeah, I said it too, and it it didn't feel good. I'm sorry. I didn't didn't feel genuine. Yeehaw. It just felt like. I feel like once I moved here, I started saying it more, and it just stuck, and I don't want it to, but that's where I'm at. Jazzy, don't don't start. I know. Please, Jazzy. You hear our little sounds in the background? I I do. I hear her. Jazzy, try to play us. Days throwing shade, <laughs> ma'am. Um, ladies, I know it's so interesting how at the beginning of the year we were talking about the defense and how important the defense was to this team and how they were basically putting the team on their back for a couple weeks while we wait for Dak Prescott to come back. And I don't know that I've ever really seen a 360 the way the last couple of weeks have been between the offense and the defense on a team. I mean, you went from the defense literally being the top in the NFL, which they're still good. I, I, I don't want to take that away from them. But the way that this offense has really stepped up the last couple of weeks in production, in scoring, uh, all of the above have been phenomenal. And I think a big reason for that has been C.D. Lamb. He recorded his fourth 100-yard game of the season. He is one of the top receivers in the NFC, number three, with 1,207 total yards. He's getting 13.3 per catch. He's got eight touchdowns, so a career year so far from him. He's eight overall in the, or excuse me, seventh overall in the NFL as far as wide receiver rankings go, and he's in a, you know, a great group of guys in front of him. So, Obviously, the connection with Dak Prescott has been shored up. Uh, We haven't really seen that same pick that happened three times in a row over the middle. Uh, But he has just grown into that role. He spoke a lot this week and spoke about it a lot this week. And the vibe that I kind of got from it is like, like, (laughs) you guys better ask somebody because I've been here. I've been doing it. And so I love that quiet confidence. I said the same thing about T.Y. Hilton last week, but I just, I love that sort of like quiet confidence. I think 
for a lot of people, CD comes off as arrogant. He comes off a little diva-ish. And from the outside looking in, you could probably say that. But when you get to know him and you recognize, you know, just what he's had to go through, the growth that he's had to go, I mean, he was really thrust into a position where he didn't really have the opportunity, I don't think, to grow into that wide receiver one position the way a lot of these other players get. It was literally like, all right, we're shipping Amari off to Cleveland. You're up, kid. And he didn't really get that, you know, that development. He didn't get it in the preseason with Dak, and then he missed Dak for five weeks. And so I think to see his growth in the last couple of weeks has been really inspiring for the rest of the guys in that room. But it's also just really cool to see, you know, him finally getting the recognition, not that he needs the recognition, but getting that recognition from national outlets, from Cowboys Nation, from his teammates, whoever it is, uh, as he's really started to step up into being that wide receiver one. Yeah, and I mean, I know I fuss fuss about Kellen sometimes in the play calling, but this also goes back to him and how he's getting CeeDee Lamb involved, how he's using him in motion situations and also putting him in opportunities now in space to use his yak ability like we were talking about even with the tight ends is the yards after catch with CeeDee is something that has been great for him. That's something that made him to me what he the receiver that he is and finally get to finally getting to see that implemented into this offense consistently for him. Also, there's drives where he can just take over where it's just continuously like he's the guy and it's a good it's a big step for this team moving forward um especially with ty on the other side i know we're i know we're gonna get to that but for cd lamb good for him to come into his own and this team needs him right now so yeah and i think a lot of it too goes back to the cowboys really fixating on correcting the third down conversion rate and giving guys like CD another chance to be on the field because that's what you were lacking at the beginning of the season given we know the difference with Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott but they weren't even allowing the chance for CD to prove himself on third down because they weren't getting that chance they were <laughs> second point. and 20 second and 15 and they weren't even converting that so um, to go from that to being fifth in the league right now with third down conversion percentage is key to that and key to getting um I almost said Kellen more involved nope (laughs) key to getting CD more involved uh overall in this offense and I think what you're seeing is the confidence that he's been playing with Dak for the last eight weeks now a full force Dak Prescott who is finding that aggressive nature and I think they're finding it together and you only add you know even more to that when you have Michael Gallup who's coming into his own stride um you have you know T.Y., who's, who's been in the building for less than two weeks and already making an impact for these younger players. So there's a lot that goes into it. But I think overall, just giving them the chance to have the ball uh, goes a long way for somebody like C.D. to prove uh, exactly who he was, not that he needed to in, to begin with. Yeah, I'm really sad that I missed Locker Room this week because I wanted to ask him about his little dance he did on that first touchdown. Where he was uh, that like, was I like it better. Nice. Than, he didn't do he uh, he's not doing the gritty like everybody else. He yeah. always has a strut. Can I just say this really fast? Oh I, Lord, I am so done with the gritty. Yeah. Like I think like I feel so bad for Justin Jefferson because he put that on the map and it was cool, right? Like it was like oh dang, like this is cool. When you have Mike Gesicki doing the gritty, not once. But twice. I think I seen a punter doing it. Too. And they told you. They told <laughs> it was over then. They told Mike to stop doing the gritty and he still did it. Oh, that man no. literally came out on social media and said, My wife was embarrassed. Like when you <laughs> oh, Jazzy Jazzy's doing it right in the hallway right here. Spare us. <laughs> I I think twenty twenty two is a perfect time to retire the gritty. Just 
please, please, please. <laughs> Everybody, like, we're done with it. It was, it was cool until it wasn't, and now it's extremely not. So this is, this is my beg to the NFL players celebrating. Y'all. I just please stop doing the gritty. I just went on Twitter and I searched the gritty and the things that popped up. You had Santa hitting the gritty on the Nickelodeon. Uh, Google the Mike Gasicki gritty. Oh, I, and you're gonna I be sicky to? of that gritty <laughs> because it, there she is, ladies it's and gentlemen. It's so I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I see it. I see, oh no, sicky of sir. <laughs> I stop gritty 2023. That is my Ooh, that's my message that's okay to campaign? you. Guys. That's my campaign. Uh, gritty gate 2022. We're done, we're done with the gritty, y'all. Oh man, I can't <laughs> stop watching this now. His wife said she was embarrassed His wife, Mike said, my wife told me, do not ever embarrass me oh, like that that's again. Bad. And he did it twice. So, I can't. Sicky, All right, I got I got to exit that search. That was that was hurting my eyes a little bit. <laughs> Sorry. Had to get that off my chest. I've been I've been saying that for a while behind the We're here for you. We're here for you to this. It's bad. Um I forgot what we were talking about. We were, we were talking, talking about the wide receiver. Yeah. CD celebration. CD's doing it right, y'all. Um, but I, the most interesting thing that I found about conversations this week in the locker room and listening back to it was how impactful T.Y. Hilton has been just like right off the gate. And we knew he was going to be because that he told us, right? He told, for his introductory press conference, he literally said, if y'all think that y'all are going to let me go out there and not put hands on me or not double cover me, y'all are crazy. And then what did he do? His first catch is impressive and he was even asked this week you know like is that how you expected your career to be or your first career catch with the Cowboys to be he said no not really but I mean like if I if if we're gonna do it then we're gonna do it you know what I mean and so I, I love that immediate impact on the field and I've been saying this all week that catch was that made the game yeah because at that point when you look at what had happened before they were backed up twice with you know uh negative yardage there you don't make that catch now you're giving the ball back to Garner Minshew in pretty good field position. I mean, I like Anger and I like his ability to punt, but even still, the way Garner was slinging the ball and the way that A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith were having success in those deep balls, the, the game is over, in my opinion, if T.Y. Hilton doesn't make that catch. So you want to talk about being a momentum shifter on your first big play. And even before that, when he drew the the fourth down uh, pass interference, oh, or yeah. I guess I think it was a legal contact. Yeah. But, yeah. So two big plays that in his you know real day in his debut as a cowboy was huge but i think what has been even more important that was revealed this week is what he's been doing behind the scenes while not being on the field him and cd both talked about you know how they're making one another better um, ty talked about how you know helping cd get a little bit more separation on a couple of his routes and how you know if he does this certain way you're going to be able to find the end zone better and then cd lamb does it and, and scores, and they both talked about that, and they both talked about how successful that they have been at at building one another up. It's very similar to the way I think Jason Peters has taken in Tyler Smith, the way Zach Martin has taken in, you know, some of the other guys on the offensive line. I just think it's really cool yeah. to see that. But to have that dual threat of being able to say, you know what, Aisha, I think if you do this, you're going to do well, and then you go out and you do it. And then I also can go out and say, I'm going to do this too, and I do it well. And now all of a sudden, you know, you have – two guys that are producing at a high level in different ways. I just think that's so important to a wide receiver room that we've talked about all season that has really needed that extra push and that extra guidance. Yeah, and to add to that, you know, Mike McCarthy said, huh, this man's ramp up period is over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> straight up that. He said, well, no, ramp more, up period. no yep. more ramp up. Exactly. And so going into this game, maybe you see some opportunities. I think uh, T.Y. played 12 snaps, 12 snaps, obviously yep. impactful in those snaps. The off the field stuff is so important because you just mentioned like, 
Amari Cooper being gone, CeeDee Lamb needing some type of mentorship. We talk about this all the time. It's when your mama tell you something is different. But then when somebody close to you be like, mm, mm-hmm. this look a little crazy. What you doing here? You listen a little different. And T.Y. has those accolades for a player like CeeDee Lamb, who's a star, to be humble in taking on whatever mentorship he's given. And that's, we talked about it, something that I felt like was missing in this locker room. CD is, has been the guy. You talked about the competition and having someone to push him. Mm-hmm. So important. And and we talked about from, from the time that the OBJ started talking, like all that stuff started happening, like CD started balling out. Like he had been balling out, but he's been balling out. And he's just on such an uptick. And mentorship, like we both, we've all found out, is so important to our success moving forward. So I'm glad he has somebody in the locker room to tell him, like, hey, man, what you doing here? Or that was good stuff because you need that. Like, we need that, especially as young people. Oh, yeah. And, you know, even just looking at the long-term stamp that these next few weeks could have on guys like CD or Michael Gallup mm-hmm. to take them forward and really elevate them to the next level in their play production. I mean, even talking to Michael Gallup in the locker room yesterday, I was like, what do you think about that catch from T.Y.? He was like, I was on the sideline and he got so excited. He's like, I was like, yeah, like he got so expressive when he was talking about it. And uh, that was really fun to see. But he also said that the day that T.Y. came in, T.Y. said, if you guys need anything, just ask me. Um, and it was funny. Michael Gallup kept using the words youngin. He, that uh, he could help the youngins in the, in the room. And so I looked up how old Michael Gallup is, 26. I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I'm even older than you. Dang. Like, it's, Girl, it's so it's weird. Like, it's, it's so such, weird. It's such a frustrating, not frustrating. <laughs> frustrating is not the right word. But I walk in there every single day and I look at these men. And they are men. I'm not taking that away from them. But they are babies. You know what I mean? Like, I go in there and I'm like, dang, like, I'm halfway through 28. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and like, yeah, Sam it was Williams just, just turned, you know, 22, yeah. 23. It was, it's just, oh, it blows my it mind. It was funny. But, um, no, he did say it was a big blessing to have T.Y. in there. And the impact that he's made in less than two weeks for these guys, I think, is just absolutely incredible. So imagine the next few weeks getting to work with him, especially come playoff time. Yep. In that scenario, that's going to be so, so important. And you're even seeing, um, and, and that's the best example we can we can think of in recent times is Jason Peters and Tyler Smith. I think what you're going to see from Tyler Smith because Jason Peters was brought in is such a different player than what he potentially would have been without that mentorship from Jason Peters. So I think having T.Y. in here at this time is absolutely perfect because it's only going to elevate uh, CD. It's only going to elevate Michael Gallup and um, the the perfect time that they need to do it to make this playoff push because playoff contention, playoff picture right now is getting very interesting as uh, time goes on. So we'll see. I can't wait to see how defenses react to him now. Yeah, I know. I, I was just getting ready to say that. Yeah. Like now it's like, it's like, dang, like he told y'all and y'all didn't listen. Yeah. And the Eagles, <laughs> you got made an example of. So now I kind of mm-hmm. just feel like, you know, dang, like now, he lost that. It's just another guy to account for. Yeah. And that's, like you said, that's going like, it's give and take. It's give and take. It's mm-hmm. like, you help me, I help you, homie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting for sure. And I, I, I was having this conversation with my family over Christmas break, you know, the, you know, was the T.Y. Hilton signing better than adding an OBJ? And obviously, like, and I'm talking to, like, if OBJ was ready to go, you know, like, do you take OBJ or do you take T.Y. Hilton? And I think initially my, my, like, gut and my gut reaction is we need OBJ. He's explosive. He's a guy that has, you know, we've seen the plays that he can make. Like, like, he's the guy. We need OBJ. But now that I've seen T.Y. Hilton both in the locker room and his work ethic and what he can contribute in two plays, two game-changing plays, Mm -hmm. I'm all in on T.Y. I'm also, like, 
on a whole nother note, like him, him, I think that him taking off the time to be with his kids is one Love of the that. dopest things yep. that I have seen an NFL player do. I'm sure that plenty do it. But when you talk about setting an example and being a mentor, he took care of his body, was like, man, I don't get a chance to see my kids like that. I feel like that also, too, is healthy for some of these young guys to see. Not that you want them to just take off for injury or anything <laughs> like that, but the importance of being there when you can. Yeah. And it just adds to, like, is this fit the right fit right now? Cowboys have one of the youngest lockers, locker rooms in the NFL. So just to add on to what you were saying about him being a good fit and maybe the best fit for the Cowboys right now, when you have a young locker room like this of young men, I think it's good to have a man like him in there mentoring them as well. I also want to say, too, going back to uh, that illegal contact flag that he got drawn, it's such a veteran move when you look at how he did it. And not only that, so they were fourth and eight. It was Dallas's third drive. I'm just going through my notes here. You, what you see that be set up for is CeeDee Lamb's success because that was right uh, before CeeDee Lamb got his touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, it's not that T.Y.'s coming in here to take this wide receiver one spot from CeeDee, and I, I hope nobody gets that confused. But what it is is it's setting up other guys for success to have him on the field, very much so like a Micah Parsons presence on the defense. You have T.Y. Hilton on the offense to set the other guys up for big plays, and that fourth down was – Essentially, like you, you look at the the way the game played out, that was essential to get that touchdown uh, to CD, and then you know we saw the the little dance that was not the gritty, uh, which just added on top of that. So I just want to add there that he is going to be imperative to setting these guys up for success, which is great to see. I agree. I, you were talking about looking at your notes, so I went back and looked at my <laughs> notes on that play. So I literally have Cowboys third drive Turpin, huh? So oh, the flea flicker? That, that was the flea flicker. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that <laughs> I, I've said too. He was trying to hit Gallup, but that clearly didn't work. And then I have fourth and eight, T.Y. Hilton penalty for us with a bunch of exclamation points. Second and 14, Dak to Gallup. And then my next is CeeDee Lamb spin cycle, OMG. So <laughs> I was just going back and looking at that. That that's how I, that's how I take my notes. In case y'all are wondering, it's funny how how you end up taking notes to just go back and understand what you were saying. Like there's the, the flea flicker over here. I have bad. Don't do it again. Never want to see it. <laughs> Like, and and that's just how you take your little mental notes. But that flea flicker, guys, what was that? I don't want to talk about it. Oh, my goodness. That just, that triggered me. I saw it. We talked about it earlier. Yeah. Just overcomplicating things. I even put too cute. I mean. Yeah. And I like it. We got to take our next break. But I I like the idea mm. of the play. I told Patrick that. I like that, at the very least, Kellen is willing to try and take those risks against your most formidable opponent this year. Like, I like the guts. I, I don't like the timing, but I like the guts. The so And you yeah. know I like a, a good Cavante involvement in the offense? It's not like that. That wasn't it, guys. Don't do that. That wasn't it. All right, good chat about our wide receivers. Obviously, though, with the good comes the bad. So we've got to talk about this defense that is limping to the finish line as we get ready for the postseason when we return after our final break on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. We're going to talk about how this defense can improve in the last couple of weeks to get ready for the playoffs. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys.
All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups, so you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. And final segment here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to talk a little defense, but first we're going to talk to Jess. Enjoy premier dining, shopping, and experiences from over 20-plus restaurants, shops, and more at the Star District. Make sure to shop in to stop into the district's newest additions, Women's Boutiques, Monkeys of Frisco, um, and many more. They are the talk of the town, the Glen, and Monarch Stag. Visit thestar.com for the full directory there. I cannot read today. Goodness. <laughs> that was y'all. a tough one. Some I, of the things you were reading, look, I was like, Meh. This is coffee, and it's very full. And uh, I, I feel like you can, you, you can tell. But we're trying today, y'all. We're trying. We have got a few more minutes here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. We're going to get a little bit into the defensive side of the ball and where the Cowboys have really kind of struggled a little bit over the last couple of weeks. But before we do, I want to go over yesterday's practice report. We obviously haven't gotten one today. It doesn't come out until later this afternoon. But just something to kind of give us an idea of where they are the day before the game. So uh, yesterday you had Dorrance Armstrong, who was a full participant after hurting that knee against Jacksonville. Noah Brown was full with that foot injury. Uh, J. Ron Kirst and Marcus Lawrence both limited. That's not surprising, though. That's been yeah. the kind of the norm for the last couple of weeks. Uh, Zach Martin was a full go. I didn't even know Zach Martin hurt his knee, so that's interesting there. Uh, Micah Parsons was limited yesterday with a hand injury that randomly popped up. I did listen to Nick Eatman talk on 105.3 The Fan this morning. He doesn't think it's too big of a concern, but obviously something to pay attention to when you're Micah Parsons and you use your hands often. Uh, Tony Pollard did not practice for the second straight day. Leighton Vander Esch also did not practice. I don't expect to see Leighton tomorrow. I think it's just smart. Keep him out. You get one yep. more week, especially like we talked about off the top of this. This is kind of a preseason-like game. Uh, and then you have Sam Williams, who was limited with a concussion after that car accident. Um, I want to get into that in a second. Real quick with the Titans, uh, Derek Henry was limited yesterday. Amani Hooker was limited yesterday. Uh, Christian Fulton, the cornerback, was limited. And Danico Autry, the linebacker, was limited. So a lot of those guys uh, who did not practice still did not practice. But those four, to me, are the ones that stand out as far as, you know, if we will see them tomorrow. We don't know if we'll see Derek Henry, uh, but obviously he is a, a game changer for sure. Before we really dive into the X's and O's, I, I want to talk about Sam Williams because I think he was so 
profound in speaking after that car accident. By now, Cowboys Nation probably knows he was involved in a accident right off of the highway about five minutes from here, uh, completely totaled his car. When I saw the, the pictures in the video, yeah. I was blown away that he walked away with a concussion. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was so horrific to see. And I'm going to use the word love here because that's the only way I can describe it. Um, the way he spoke about walking away from that experience and how much it really changed his perspective. He's got a very young son. Yeah. Um, and I feel particularly, you know, like touched by this because I, I spoke to Sam not 15 minutes before he was in that car accident. And we talked about how he had dressed up as Santa Claus at a, the Martin Luther King Jr. Center in Dallas to help pass out presents to kids in need. And just 15 minutes before that, that's what he was talking about, was how important it was for these kids to feel like they could have a regular Christmas, how it, how this year's Christmas for him was going to be so special because he hadn't really celebrated Christmas before, but he had. He told me, he said, we got the tree, we've got the presents, the mm -hmm. stockings, we're dressing up in pajamas, and, you know, really wanted to make it a special moment for his son. So before we really get into the X's and O's of that, I just want to say, like, how thankful I am that Sam is okay. Sam is kind of like my pet cat, I think. I covered him a little bit when I was uh, living and working in Montgomery. Uh, so I am really, really glad that he's okay. Um, still kind of banged up, got some scratches and bruises on his face, but he's okay. And so I think that that was just really important to talk about. I don't know if he's going to play, but I'm honestly just really glad that he's alive. So yeah, I think Sam. that that's, that's very important. Um, now that I'm off my soapbox, that being said, there are some things that this defense needs to improve on. They gave up 355 passing yards to Garner Minshew, uh, who is a good quarterback. I, <laughs> contrary to what everybody's I saying, I think Garner is a good quarterback. We we came on here last week and, and we we gave credit <laughs> we, we to the Minshew magic. We did. Yeah, I, I think it's nuts that we don't think that Garner's good. He was a starter for two seasons, three seasons. So anyways, <laughs> uh, but but we did. We gave up. That, that cornerback spot is still... Struggling, but I think you saw Nation Wright step up yeah. uh, and really show his confidence and what he's been working on on special teams and while he's been inactive. So I love that. But where are some other areas you think that this Cowboys defense really needs to improve? Maybe not this week, but going into the playoffs, where is somewhere where this defense needs to improve to get back to where they were when we were talking about them being elite? Um, so the linebacker position is somewhere that teams are going at you in the past. And although in the run you're seeing some success there from your linebackers, it's really the pass. It's that short intermediate stuff, getting them caught up at bad angles, stuff like that. Really looking for the linebacker position to shore up, but that it's like a trickle-down effect from your DT position. But, yeah, that that's where I'm looking at to hopefully improve right now. I mean, I think the – the easy answer is sex, but not for the reason you're thinking, not for the reason that it's the productivity is lower within that. No, to build the confidence back up for themselves and not because, you know, I don't think the productivity has lowered. I think what you're seeing is a product of teams having film, teams having studied the Cowboys defense teams, you know, not necessarily figuring them out. But what I want to see is I want to see more productivity with sack uh, with with the sacks only because I want the Cowboys these next couple of weeks to gain their confidence going into the playoffs and this team this uh, Titans team is the perfect team to do that with because they're for one they're having trouble scoring in the fourth quarter they're uh, last in the league and they score about 2.5 points per game in the fourth quarter which is bad not only that they're on a five game losing <laughs> streak um, and they average about 17.9 points 
17.9 points per game, 27th in the league. And when it comes to third down conversion, they're 27th in the league again with a 36.2 third down conversion percentage. All that to say, this is a team that this defense can go in and bully, essentially. I want to see you collapsing that pocket, and I want to see more sacks. And and not because I think the productivity is low there. I'm, I'm not saying that. I want to see the confidence being built up, built up within this locker room again. Not that they're not confident, not at all. But within that portion of it, I want to see them build that confidence back up. And that's... That's what I'm zoning in on. It'll be a good week, too. Um, uh, their right tackle, Titans right tackle, is dealing with some type of injury bug, yep. and their left tackle has been susceptible in pressure. So Cowboys should have a few opportunities to maybe get after the quarterback and build that confidence. I agree. I think that this is kind of like how I alluded into it in the first block. The first half of the season, you saw the defense really – pick this team up when the offense had a lot of injuries and, and carry them here. Now I think it's the offense's turn to, sure. to return the favor. I think yep. that, that that Jacksonville game, what stands out to me is that that was a game where I know they put up 34 points. That's a lot of points. But I think that was a game where your offense needed to have a over-the-top tremendous game yep. because the defense was very clearly struggling. So I, that's what I would like to see is just this defense is banged up. You've got guys who have been high – productivity all season and and they need some rest so I'd like to see the offense really show up and show out in this game before we close out two things I'm going to read a couple of stats that might make you feel good Cowboys Nation and then we're going to do game predictions so I'm going to give you guys a chance to think of your score predictions for the game oh man uh so the first thing I want to read here is that Dallas is three and one against the AFC this season so that's the best since 2016 when they were four and oh against the AFC South Dallas leads the NFL with 30 takeaways this year after leading the league with 34 last season. So if the Cowboys finish this season with the lead league in takeaways, they would become the first NFL team to lead the league in takeaways in back-to-back seasons since Pittsburgh did it in 72-74. to So that's important to pay attention to, especially when J. Ron Curse is coming off of an insane game uh, with his takeaways. Since Dak Prescott returned from injury in Week 7, the Dallas Cowboys lead the NFL in offensive points per game with 34.6. Philadelphia is second with 30.8. And Cincinnati is in third with 28.1. And finally, with a win on Thursday, Dallas will have 12 wins for the second straight season. The last time they did that in back-to-back seasons was 94-95. That's when I was born. I've been saying all season that I'm the Cowboys' good luck charm, so we're going to keep it going tomorrow. We're going to pick up that 12th win, and we're going to keep this thing rolling into the final week against Washington. But before we get there, Cowboys-Titans Thursday night football. Give me your score prediction. Dang it. Give me your score prediction. 41-20, I want another 40-burger. 41-20. I want another 40-burger. I think think they're nice. Okay, 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 okay. Well, it's hard to run the ball on this Titans D-line, so I want to see how they do with that. Let's say, shabba-dabba-da, let's say 20, 28 to, like, 12 or something weird. 12. Like, Somewhere yeah. between there, 28, 12, something like that. Yeah, tater tots. Yeah. You're, I'm close. I'm going 38, 13, and uh, here's why. I think Derrick Henry doesn't play tomorrow. I think there's no point. Yeah. I think you rest him yep. against the Jaguars, or you rest him so he can be ready to go against the Jaguars next week. That's the important game. I think Derrick Henry leads the league with 14 
rushing touchdowns. So I, you don't have him in your game. You're scoring 2.6 in, in the fourth quarter. Like, <laughs> yep. it just simply is not happening. So I'm going to go 38-13. Uh, I like to see Malik Davis get some action. I like to see him find, uh, you know, the end zone pretty often. I'd love to see CD, and I'd love to see T.Y. Hilton get his first touchdown. So I'm going 38-13, Cowboys. I there we go. The run game. I want to see the run game get going. Like, just, just some – Pin and pull, some <laughs> motions, some misdirections. Aisha is shaking her uh, hands. She's, she is imploring the Cowboys to get Yo, that run game please going. Get it going. You need it for the playoffs. And Real we're bad. speaking it into existence. <laughs> no DAC interceptions. Thank so you. Everybody, that the talking part. heads can zip it. Let's break the habit. Let's break the habit. <laughs> that part. Ladies, I love having these conversations with you. It doesn't matter how sick I am feeling. This is always a good time to get to chat with you guys and talk a little football. I think we set the tone for the rest of the podcast today. I know there's a couple more coming up but for Aisha Morrison and Jess Navarez I am Haley Sutton saying so long from Girls Talk Boys Talk we'll be back on Friday uh, to break down the matchup on Thursday Christy Scales will be in but until then we will see you later this week this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club how about this Cowboys